You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Generic drug companies are facing a sweeping federal criminal investigation into possible price fixing, and the consequences could be serious. According to a document filed in court, prosecutors are examining the prices of skin treatments made by Perigo and a handful of other companies. For more than two years, the Justice Department has been looking at the pricing of generic medicines made by about a dozen companies. Price hikes in generic drugs were also the subject of congressional hearings, lawsuits brought by consumers and state attorneys. General, and a problem Senator Bernie Sanders has been fighting before the presidential campaign and during it. People cannot afford the medicine they need. Five major drug companies make $50 billion in profits last year. Joining us is Bloomberg Intelligence senior litigation analyst Jennifer Ree. Jen, this letter is interesting. It asked the judge to pause discovery in some civil suits. Why is the government doing that? Well, you know, what you have happening here, with, which often happens when there's a DOJ and uh, Department of Justice investigation, especially of price fixing, is that they have this ongoing investigation. They may already be talking to certain executives or companies about putting in guilty pleas, about paying a fine. And when the private litigation that follows it gets started, oftentimes the plaintiffs will seek the documents that have already been turned over to the DOJ to get them quickly and get going. And they, it, it's called discovery, which, which plaintiffs and, and defendants can ask for in a private litigation. And the Department of Justice is worried that when that starts to happen, it's going to mess up and interfere with their process. And they're simply saying, look, just just hold off because we have this process going. You can get this case started, but let us finish what we're doing here first. Well, presumably this is also fairly complicated, this scheme. And so uh, could you outline for us, you know, to the extent we know, we've got criminal investigations, we have private law schools, we have attorney generals involved, we have all sorts of things, uh, all sorts of ways in which this is being looked at legally. Kind of what are the contours of the kind of price fixing scheme we're talking about here? Well, it, this is all really, even though these investigations you mentioned have been ongoing since sometime late uh, 2014 or mid-2014, it's actually, in a weird way, still kind of at the beginning. Um, it seems like we've had an investigation by Connecticut and an investigation by the Department of Justice. And it seems like, at least out of Connecticut's investigation, we have a statement that they have seen evidence of what they call a widespread conspiracy involving many companies and many drugs. And their investigation, by the way, is ongoing going as well. So, Michael, it does seem complicated. It seems like it involves a lot of companies. It seems like it involves a lot of drugs. And ongoing now, you have private cases brought against about 27 different companies that implicate about 14 different drugs. 
Two former Heritage executives pleaded guilty in January to colluding with uh, other drug makers to fix prices. Why were the charges limited to two executives? Well, this is a this was a from what I understand from what I've read, it, it's a fairly small company, and it was primarily these two executives, which were brothers-in-law. They were the CEO and the president. That the scheme was really they perpetrated it. That it was their plan, and that they were sort of the ringleaders in pulling in some of these other companies. Um, it. it doesn't mean the heritage itself won't get fined. You know, this is still ongoing. But what looks like happened with those executives, June, is that they might be seeking leniency. In other words, they come in and they tell the Department of Justice everything they want to hear. They're basically whistleblowers and will cooperate with you and, and will throw in, tell you everybody else who was involved with this if you give us light fines, light prison sentences. So it seems like that's what they're doing. Well, let's talk a bit, given the, the possibility of punishments and civil penalties that we're talking about here, about kind of the the magnitude of what these companies are facing. What what kinds of, you know, what kind of money and criminal penalties do we think, knowing what we know now, are really at stake here for these drug companies and their executives? You know, I think that it could be quite a bit. The, the fines, there's a, there are guidelines as to how to calculate the fines in these kinds of situations, but it's going to depend, Michael, on the DOJ fines ultimately and how many drugs were involved, what the sales of those drugs were, and how many companies were involved. But it's not inconceivable that it would get into the high millions or even into the billions. If you look at some of the past fines for cartel conduct, price-fixing conduct, we have gotten into the billions recently in relation to foreign exchange um, benchmark rigging. We got almost into the millions in 1999 when there was a conspiracy related to vitamins. Um, you know, so those fines can get up there. But you also have to think about the fact that Connecticut and 39 other states have brought a lawsuit. They are seeking what's called disgorgement, which is giving up the, the, the ill-gotten gains, these illegal gains. On top of it, you have the private suits. And what the private suits will seek to do is look at the overcharges. In some cases, we're hearing that these drugs were overpriced by 1,000%, and then they will seek triple damages for those overcharges. So all in all, we're in the billions. Does it, since there are so many companies implicated, does it indicate to you that there has to be something on emails or texts or computers, that there has to be something in writing because all of this being done on the phone seems unlikely? You know, it seems that if there is this very compelling evidence that Connecticut says they have of a conspiracy, it's likely that there's something in writing. I don't know that you'd call it compelling unless you had a very good evidence of an agreement. But what they're also saying here is that these executives actually met quite a bit publicly, that they often attended together industry conferences, trade shows, and even had social events where they all got together, including a girls' night out for the female sales representatives. <laughs> well, given, again, you said that this is at the beginning of, and, you know, I don't know whether those events are still going on, but certainly inv the investigations and the lawsuits are, you know, what kind of time frame can people expect um, before we start seeing some kind of resolution of this besides just a couple of guilty pleas here and there? I expect that we'll see more fines, guilty pleas, et cetera, in 2017 coming out of the DOJ. And it wouldn't surprise me if that dragged on for another couple years. On the private cases, some of them are still just getting filed. We had a new case filed yesterday. Uh, they started in March 2016. That that could go on for years. It could go on for five years, six years. The Connecticut suit, probably not as long. I suspect that that'll go on for a few years. 
Does this have any connection to President Trump tweeted on Tuesday that he's working on a new system where there'll be competition in the drug industry? Is he talking about generic drugs or is he talking about uh, prescription pharmaceutical drugs? I, I, you know, I, I can't say. I suspect he's probably talking about all of them. He's you know, just probably talking about drug pricing generally. But I will say that, you know, before President Trump, when and President Obama was still um, our president, th- this was an issue, a big issue, you know, for Senate for the Obama administration. Bernie Sanders, as you said, was on top of it. Um, And I think it continues to be an issue now with the Trump administration. So I don't see any easing up at all on any of these drug companies in relation to their drug pricing. That's that's amazing, exceeding 1,000% in a short time. Thank you so much, as always, for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Litigation Analyst Jennifer Ree. To read more of Jennifer's analysis, go to BIGO on the Bloomberg Terminal. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.